Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast, and today I am very excited for our guest today. He's out of Sedona, Arizona, serial entrepreneur, known as the most connected man that you don't know in Silicon Valley by Forbes magazine, CEO and founder of 15.5, their newest program out called the 15.5 Best Self Academy, and uh, to get all this information, you can go check him out, his company out. The Best Self Academy out at 15, and that's one five, and then five spelled out, F-I-B-E dot com forward slash academy, and also check out their blog at 15.5.com slash blog, and then as, uh, of course as well, their podcast at 15.5.com forward slash podcast. They're making it easy for you. So we'll, we'll get all that plugged in for you as well, of course, in the show notes, but I'm excited David Hassel is who we got here today. The, like I said, the CEO, founder of 15.5. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Great to be here, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to kick off the conversation. The name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that uh, one of the things we've been talking about internally inside 15.5 is this idea of being world-class. Like, what does it mean to be world-class? What does it mean to, to arrive in a market where, you know, we actually uh, showed up early to, to this market years before uh, the category that we're in started to really take form. And now we're in a very, very heavily competitive market with uh, equally well-funded competitors. And, you know, I basically told the team, you know, we've just arrived in the Olympics. And, and what's required for us to be able to further our mission and to build the company and reach our potential is to be world-class. And so I think it requires uh, a level of leadership, you know, and throughout the entire company uh, that is about being the best that you can be, uh, striving for, you know, the ethos of being a champion, right? What does that look like? You know, champions have a different way of thinking about the world and about themselves and the impact that they can have and what's required to be a champion. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, I love it. Like to be world class, right? Yeah, it's a boy. 
what being a champion is all about. And then to, to follow that up, what you said is like to actually do what's required to be world-class. Cause I think there's a lot of people that would, the idea of being world-class. Yeah. That sounds cool. Right. Yeah, right. Yes. yeah absolutely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 you know, Kobe just passed not that long ago uh, from the recording this podcast. You would definitely call him world-class in the league. Yes. He's known for like actually putting in the work. Yes. Behind that. Right. Um, you know, so, I've been a competitive athlete before. So I was a, yeah. you know, a competitive swimmer in high school, a competitive rower in college. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be in and around uh, some of, you know, the world-class rowers when I was in, in, in Boston in the, in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. Uh, and these are guys who were training for the Olympic team and whatnot. And the level of the differential between someone who was a really good rower like myself and yeah. someone who was, you know, pre-Olympic or, or on the Olympic squad, it was dramatic. And, it, you know, it definitely pushed me to see what, you know, where my limits were. Yeah. Um, but the level of dedication and performance and training that's required to get to that level, I, I, I've, I've experienced it and I never made it, you know, uh, you know, it was, wasn't something I, I pursued in that domain, but, but I, you know, it definitely left a, a strong imprint on me. Yeah. And you know, it is, it is a mentality. Not everyone's going to be world-class, but, uh, but if you, if you have that work ethic and, and you push yourself, you have that drive to be the best that you can be, right? Like to really, that's right. Uh, capitalize on the capacity that you have within you and everybody and you can get everyone to do that which I think is kind of the position what you guys are up to is like That's how right. do you bring everyone inside of an organization to to get to that point that that best self academy mentality yep. of and then like you said the performance is going to come if that is happening yeah that's right yeah and one of the other things I'd say about that is you know world class for each person might look differently right yeah. not everybody has the same set of skills and perspectives and, and abilities and so it's, you know, it's, it's partly if we can all come together and figure out, you know, what's my unique strength? What's the thing that I can do better than anyone in the world? And then accentuate that. And then somebody else in a different role goes through that same exercise and they're committed to being the best in their role, which might look completely different than what I'm doing. Uh, then together we can do pretty extraordinary things. Yeah, yeah, totally. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and really kind of maybe the path that you've been on and, and how that's brought to you. I know you've had uh, multiple companies against serial entrepreneur. Like, yep. What has it been that path and journey to, to bring you to where you are today with 15.5? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, I graduated college in 1998, uh, right as the dot-com boom was really taking off. Uh, went to work for a big consulting company and uh, doing technology work. Uh, I lasted about 10 months, despite them giving me two raises in six months and really trying to keep me. I, I you know, I like to, you know, tell people that, you know, I, I was so turned off by the environment, partly because I didn't feel like any connection to the culture or to the mission. I didn't feel like my work was meaningful, even though it was intellectually stimulating. And, uh, you know, they, they gave me a couple of raises trying to keep me there. And I, I still, I just wasn't really fulfilled. And I was watching the world happening out there with all of these companies raising tons of money for arguably terrible ideas uh, and said, well, you know, why am I not out there? You know, but I was a 23 year old kid. I didn't, you know, I didn't have this idea that I could go out and raise millions of dollars yeah. on my own, but I did find a, a partner and said, Hey, let's go, let's go do this thing. And we raised some capital right before the whole thing, you know, crashed down. I think it was uh -huh. the end of, end of 1999 into 2000. And uh, we were building an advertising technology platform. And I was just happy to be making my own path, working on something that maybe I could make some money and building something cool. 
but I didn't really have, the, have this, this real ethos around doing work that's actually inherently fulfilling and purposeful and that would make an impact at that time. But I did find myself six or seven years in feeling a little bit empty and hollow. Uh, and what was ringing true in my mind at that point was people saying, well, you know, you got to follow your passion. Uh, and I'd recently got into kite surfing and was loving that. It was in the early days of the sport. And I, and I could see one of my strengths is actually seeing how things trend into the future, I have a fu- kind of a futuristic strength. And so I said, oh, this thing's going to be huge. We should, you know, do something in this. So I, I, with a partner and a, a girlfriend at the time, we start this adventure travel company in Northeast Brazil for kite surfers. And I was right about the trend of the sport. Okay. Uh, what I was wrong about was that you could actually make a lot of money doing it. <laughs> so, so I like to joke that my first business, I was chasing the money and there was no passion. Yeah. Uh, my second business was all about the passion, but there was no money. Uh, yeah. And then I finally woke up and said, well, wait a minute, you know, can I bring these two things together? And, uh, and, and that was really the kind of start of the genesis of the exploration of what eventually became 15.5. And along the way, I also learned two really, really key pieces of uh, insight that changed my perspective of myself and the world and, and how, what was possible. Uh, one of them was a book called Unique Ability by Strategic Coach uh, that talked about this concept that we all have these innate strengths And we also have an area that we were kind of enlivened by, that we're passionate about. And when you put those two things together, that's the sweet spot where you can find yourself with no ceiling for growth, energized by your work, in a state of flow, all these kinds of things. And, you know, they also say that, you know, we live in a society that kind of puts a lot of uh, reward on overcoming your weaknesses and, uh, you know, things of value have to come hard. And it turns out your strengths are kind of easy. Uh, so we, we ignore them. We don't notice them. So you actually have to do some introspection to figure it out. So that was an aha for me. And then also I met this guy, Simon Sinek, uh, who's since become pretty famous with his Start With Why talk. I met him a couple of years before that famous TED Talk. And his message really you know, changed my view of the world. So this kind of you know, combination one-two punch of the power of purpose uh, to also, uh, uh, and combine with that unique ability or what some people call zone of genius, had me start to say, wow, what is possible for myself? What's possible for other people? What's possible for humanity? If we were all able to live with a sense of this intrinsic motivation with, you know, developing our strengths, living from purpose, having autonomy to go make impact in the ways that, that we want to. And that was kind of the, the seeding ground for me to make the decision, like, the next company I start, I want it to make a real wide reaching impact on people's lives. And I want it to be based on these principles. Uh, you know, fast forward today, we just won number three on Glassdoor's best places to work award and all companies under a thousand employees. Uh, the, uh, yeah, thanks. And the number one winner for under a thousand employees and over a thousand employees are both 15, five customers, which I think I'd be even more proud by. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Congrats on that. What's, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what is the vision for you guys? I think with the championship leader and I always, I, I t- I'm a sports guy, football guy, I tend to go yeah. to Bill Belichick or Nick Saban. They've been able to show up almost year after year and continue to win or be in contention. And, and the pe- a lot of us, a lot of people could take that for granted. Like, but I mean, they are out coaching, and, and over the long term are, are continuing to stay relevant, but not just relevant, like dominant in, mm. in, in NFL, in college. 
almost to the point where people just like take it for granted and it seems like it's easy and of course it's not <laughs> right. it's, yes i think a big piece of that is like the vision to continue to stay ahead of the game stay yeah. ahead of the rest of the the best at coaches in the world at what they do um to do that and so you know i always love asking this to other championship leaders uh as guests is like what's 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 that vision for you where, where are you looking ahead and like the impact you really want to make inside of 15 five yeah and I, I would say that this is where the this is where the leadership piece comes in and not just the management piece mm -hmm. uh we have a really really big vision about changing the entire paradigm of work from one where companies thrive at the expense of their people to one where companies thrive because they're supporting their people and thriving. I actually think it's a far better model that's more sustainable. And when you get, you know, 200 people, like we have a 15 and five who are passionately engaged in what we do, who are committed to the cause, who are committed to their own growth, who are living in high integrity, uh, who are living our values of being and becoming your best self, cultivating relational mastery with each other, doing the extraordinary and ultimately creating customer transformation. Those are our four values. Uh -huh. Like we're actually living that. And it creates this, uh, it creates a completely different paradigm and potential for success. And we wanna, we wanna create that, that as the new dominant way that people, uh, companies lead and succeed in the world. Uh, because I think ultimately we're gonna create stronger companies and make better decisions or more profitable. And the human side of it, we start caring more about the people in our organizations, right? They're more fulfilled. They come back and bring that energy back into their families and communities. And we end up with a with a with a with a much better society, and so for us to do that, I mean, that's a grand grand vision. Yeah. Um, and we're in a very competitive space where probably only one or two companies are going to get to to have to be able to vie for the highest echelon of what's mm -hmm. possible. And so we've got to compete, yeah. and we have to have an edge. We got to you know think like those coaches, both holding the long term vision. But, but also being grounded in the reality of the day-to-day, -day. every day we have to perform. And we have to, we have to you know, and, and you know, the gold medal winner just has to be a slight bit better than the silver. It's not, you know, yeah. You, you, yeah. But, but, but it means having an edge. Yeah, it means having an edge in the training and the thinking and the strategy and the approach and, you know, all of it. Yeah, well, I love that, you know, the really – investing in, in fostering that in in your people versus just using your people to get what you want i mean it really does make so much sense and yet i don't think that that is as commonly practiced as, as it probably should be and so yeah. it's I, not yet yeah yeah you <laughs> yeah. guys are you guys right. are, that's why we're here yeah that's why we're here that's why 15.5's their best self academy and uh, so, of course, you, you have, well, not a course, but you do, you've, you've implemented this first into your team. And it's like you, you live and teach or uh, you live what you teach and preach. Right. And now exactly. you're taking this and you're like, hey, we got the model. This is exactly what we do. We're not just talking about it. Yes. And, um, you know, talk about that process. And is it is, is it a major shift to get get these companies to to take this on or what do you see? It is. Uh, it's a major shift in that. Um, you know, I think when we were a 10 person company and running, you know, had this vision, and a lot of intuition, it's hard to go out and tell somebody who's 100 people like, hey, you should listen to us. Yeah. You know, now we're a 200 person company and we're winning all these awards, Inc's best places to work, number three on Glassdoor, uh, you know, one of the top companies and best places to work with Forbes in San Francisco, uh, with a number two company behind Asana. And, and, you know, so we have some of the proof now. So, yeah. you know, the, the you know, our, our, our intuition was right. And then along the way, we picked up an incredible director of people science 
who is partnered with all the leading academic institutions, validating all the things that we intuitively knew to be true, mm-hmm. and, and then also informing and furthering our, our kind of philosophy and ethos. So we've developed a really concise and coherent philosophy that just works. It's grounded in science, it's grounded in the results, and people can go and learn about this for free on the academy. You can become best self-management certified, which is really cool. Now, at the same time, not everyone's ready for this. It's a big shift. Yeah. And so, you know, you've also got to meet customers where they're at, right? Yeah. There's a concept in, uh, there's a psychological influencing concept called pacing and leading that, you know, you want, to, you want to be able to meet somebody and pace with them, and then you build trust and then you can lead them. And I think that there's a, there's a fine line and there's an art between, sta- you know, having a stand for the future and saying, like, this is where things need to go. Uh, while also helping people along that journey. So, and we're, we're still in that learning process on how to best do that. Well, I think that's an important characteristic of a great leader as well as just, you know, there's, there's, there are the leaders and uh, more so of the past and um, where it's like, hey, this is my way or the highway. This is, yes. this is how it's what we do versus like, yeah, this, this is definitely what we see and believe is the best path. But yeah but also like realizing that that's not going to work for everyone and, and meeting them where you're at, just like you said, and that, that pacing. And that's, that's rare too nowadays, but uh, championship leadership at its best, definitely. Mm-hmm. What's, um, I'd also say part of it is like understanding yeah. what some, what they want. You know, you really got to get into yeah. the world of like, if you're a coach, yeah. it's like, you know, you have to inspire people to be their best, but it's got to come from them. Like you can't, it's not up to the coach to push. I mean, yeah. you can push, but it's not, you, it's, it's not the coach's 100% responsibility. It's, it's 100% responsibility for the coach or leader and 100% responsibility for the people. And yeah. I think a great leader, a great coach knows how to understand what that person really wants and support them in claiming it for themselves and then helping them see what they can't see and find the way. Yeah, great point. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. What's, uh, maybe you could talk to us a little bit because I think this helps, especially with the listeners, um, you know, what's, what's maybe a critical point or turning point in your life where, you know, you're kind of that fork in the road moment. And had you not made the decision you did, you could be completely somewhere different, right? Because I think there are a lot of people in that, in that space right now, especially listening where they kind of feel like, man, I really, I want to go this path, but, but a lot of things are trying to kind of pull me maybe the easier, what we would say the easier, quote unquote, safer route. Yes. Um, is there something that comes to mind for you where, you did make the decision you did and that has you here today, but had you not, it could be very different. It could be a very different uh, reality for you right now. Yeah. I have a number of those <laughs> in my life yeah. and some of them were just completely unexpected. Like I, you know, sure. completely unplanned for uh, the first, the first major one was uh, when I, when I was in that first company and uh, you know, I had a nice paying job. I'd been given a couple of raises as I said, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's, uh, financially I was fine. I was a 23 year old kid making more money than I needed. And had this idea, like, okay, I want to go start this company, but how am I going to support myself? And um, I met with a my godfather called my uncle Ken. I sat down. He he was an entrepreneurial uh, guy as well. Uh, And I, you know, I was asking for his guidance, and he said, "Look, you know, there's if you're going to do this, there are actually two times in your life when it's the easiest and the least consequential." Mm-hmm. One is right now. You right have no now, responsibilities. Yeah. You have no family, no nothing. Yeah. Right? You can always go back and get a job. Or if you're going to have a family, it's after your kids go off to college. <laughs> and yeah. so that kind of, it, it shifted the fear profile for me because the, yeah. the original fear was like, ah, I don't know if I can leave what I'm doing and take this right. leap of faith. And then it was like, oh, well, if I don't do it, you know, then I might be, you know, 
I can't, it's going to be harder for the next 30 years. <laughs> so he helped me kind of like, uh, make that, that leap, that leap of faith. And that set me on this entrepreneurial journey. And then another one, which was completely, you know, uh, incidental. I mean, right after nine 11, I was living in New York city and I was downtown during the, during the, everything that happened, I was pretty uh -huh. close to the trade center yeah. and it really shook me up. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I even felt the heat from the second explosion on my face. I was that close. Wow. Uh, and so I had been commuting three hours a day from New Jersey, you know, pretty young starting this company. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm spending three hours a day on buses and trains. You know, mm -hmm. I just need to make this happen. I'm going to move into New York. Decided to move in with a roommate, uh, my, from college and three days before the end of the month, it falls through and I have to scramble to find somewhere to live. So I eventually find this ad in the village voice go visit this guy who's a Brazilian guy on Park Avenue South, decide I'm going to camp out here for three months while I find something more permanent. Three and a half years later, I'm still living there. <laughs> and I've fallen in love with Brazil. And, yeah. you know, I met the guy who taught me to kite surf and ended up doing okay. this kite surfing business. Okay. Then I move out to the Bay Area and I get looped into this entrepreneur's uh, venture capital event on Maui for kite surfers, which gives me connection to an incredible network that helped me start 15.5. And, you know, I think back, I'm like, gosh, if I'd never picked up that ad in the Village Voice, <laughs> you know, my life would be completely different. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. Yeah. Well, you, you know, and I mean, it really goes back to, you know, you're spending three hours commute. It's like, yes, yeah, really what I want. And exactly. It's not what I want. A lot Let's of people make a change. continue to make that, that ride and just not even think about it. Just, uh, but yeah, transform. I was wondering when you, when you were talking about the company and the kite surfing in Brazil, like, what was that connection there? And yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the other piece that you said, as far as the first one, you got father, your, your uncle Ken, and uh, you know, it's really, because like you said, when you're 23, I, I think back to when I was 23, I was, I was, you know, I was a kid. I was yeah. still a kid. And uh, yeah, to have more money than you need. And it, it, it's easy for us to probably look back and say, yeah, that was a, it was easy decision, great decision. But had you not had someone like that in your life, maybe Oh, maybe you don't leave because because it, everything is kind of all right and it's like i don't know what should exactly I do something else so just the importance of having those people those leaders in your life that you can look to and talk to and i mean do you still have i would imagine you do but like yeah do you still have those types of people in your life that you can go to and, you know? i do yeah i do i have uh i have a great i have some great business partners i have other people that i that i connect with who i respect and you know, when there are key decisions that I need to make, uh, you know, I have people I lean on. But I will say, you know, it's interesting, you know, I think about that and, and um, you know, there is, it is more, it's, it's, it's more comfortable to maintain the status quo because it's what we know. Yeah. There's unknown fear, right? The fear of the unknown of what is going to happen or what might go wrong, um, I think keeps a lot of us from making, you know, even subtle changes that could change the course of our life. Uh, and I think back, I think I read something that Tim Ferriss wrote once uh, where he said, you know, making some of these decisions, what he would do is actually he'd write down all of the worst case things that could possibly happen if he did it. And yeah. then next to that, you know, let's say he did it. And then uh, three months later, decided he wanted to reverse it. What are the things you'd have to do? And like nine times out of 10, he'd look at it and say, well, that's not that bad. Yeah. So once you actually get it out of your head and clarify it, the fear is not as big as your, as your, you know, the res resistance isn't as big as it is. Yeah. So that's a great practice. No, that's a great, great practice because um, it's so true. Yeah, we just build up these these stories in our head, like worst case scenarios of things that would, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time never happen. Right. 
to keep you from living that life that you really want. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like, man, it's always worked. It always works out. Like <laughs> even if it doesn't work out, like it's some, it's going to work out. Right. So that's, that's right. the big thing for me is that. So what, is there anything else before we do wrap this up that, that, you, you know, you would like to tell us about what you got going on with 15.5 best self Academy. And as we wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I'd say is, is, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to understand if you're wanting to lead, if you're wanting to be you know, a champion leader and a world-class leader, you really got to get good at people, right? You really got to understand, you got to get good at listening and having high integrity yourself. And I think, you know, our, our platform, what we're trying to do is, is make sure that we give the structure. And, and, and then you've also got to make sure that if you're leading a bunch of managers, that they're doing the right things, having the right conversations. So that's what we've tried to do is, is productize essentially what the skills and practices that the best managers in the world naturally do into a structure that you can put in your company and anyone can, can follow that. And then on top of that, you know, being open to this best self concept, looking for yourself at, at you know, who are you? Have you done your own work and introspection on understanding your strengths and, 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 and what's, what drives you and motivates you. And, you know, I think that I met John Mackey a couple of times. He's the founder of Whole Foods uh, and he said, you know, his belief was an organization can only grow to the consciousness of the leader, uh, to the level of consciousness of the leader. And so I think it really is beholden if you're, if you're in a leadership position, that actually your leadership starts with working on yourself, not yeah. working with your yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, leadership, is a, it, it all starts with you, right? You got to lead yourself first before you can right. lead anyone else. And, and uh, so I love the Best Self uh, concept, Best Self Academy. I mean, there's no possible way to lose <laughs> right exactly <laughs> if you're focusing on that and yourself and and then you know just the outside external benefits to that is just it flows over you can't help but lift everyone up like you said so exactly thank you so much what what are one or two things maybe you could leave with the listeners uh, as we do wrap up that uh you know if they implemented today it would help them move forward yeah, um, I would say for yourself, if you've never actually done the, you know, the ex exploration of your own strengths uh, or, or understanding of this concept of unique ability or zone of genius, go get the book Unique Ability from Strategic Coach and or uh, The Genius Habit by Laura Garnett. Uh, there's two different approaches for, for identifying this in yourself. Do the work for yourself, roll that out with your team, and I guarantee you're going to have pretty amazing benefits. I'd also look at Simon Sinek's work, rewatch his, his, his famous Why TED Talk. And if you haven't clarified your why, your organization's why, those two things uh, will give you, I would say, 80% of the foundation for creating something extraordinary. And then, of course, you know, plug my own product. If, uh, if you're running a team of anywhere from three to 3,000 people, 15.5 will definitely help supercharge things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thank you. And uh, definitely, you know, I think the biggest thing to, if you're, gonna, if you're spending the time and you're listening to a podcast, like, take the next step and implement it and put it into play for yourself so that you can actually really get the benefit from it. So I highly recommend you guys listening to, to go and do that and check those resources out as well as 15.5. You know, let's wrap this up and just, just remind the listeners, like what are a few ways that we can find out more about you and you know, follow you and what you got going on with 15.5. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you, can, you can follow me personally on Twitter, uh, dhassel, D-H-A-S-S-E-L-L. Uh, as Nate mentioned, 155.com slash blog slash podcast slash academy. Um, a lot of great resources that, you know, we do a great podcast on best self-management where one of my co-founders and I explore all the different nuances of, of, of leadership and high integrity leadership and, and how to create extraordinary cultures. So 
uh, definitely uh, tune in there, leave us a review if you like it and uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, to join us here in Championship Leadership. Likewise. Thanks so much. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. <laughs> if I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast.